Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Inspire Before We Expire show. I am your host, Terrell Sumter. Guys, I'm very grateful and thankful and graceful to see another day that's never a promise. Before we start today's show, guys, I just want us to take some time and I want us to close our eyes. I want us to breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. And I just want us to take a moment. I want us to think about our think about the time that we've really felt whole. That we felt great about ourselves and everything that was around us. Take a moment. Now I want us to open. Guys, I have a very, very special guest on my show today. I want you to take out your pens and your pads. I mean, this guy is phenomenal, phenomenal person. We got some chance to really chop it up and talk and, you know, a little bit of before this interview. But I mean, when I asked, he said, let's do it. He was ready. We made a date and now he's here. I mean, I'm a fan of this guy, supported a part of him and his work. I mean, he is a do documentary film and TV director, writer, producer, and the president of Eye2Eye Productions. Guys, I want to introduce you to the man himself coming out of Santa Monica, California, Mr. Adam Schomer. Adam, welcome to the Inspire Before We Expire, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Happy to be here and, and happy to uh, hopefully inspire your audience, you know, and help people in any way we can with, you know, the stories of um, not only the films, but the stories of making the films along the way. And obviously the films come forth from from the life I've been living. Right. Uh, so hopefully that can help some of your audience. That's why I'm really, really appreciative of you, you know, sharing me with with your audience. So I, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. I wanted to ask, man, when did you decide to really, really tap into the space? Like, you know, if you could just give us a real deep into your, your journey of where this all, where this all stemmed from. Yeah. In terms of uh, the yogic and spirit or in terms of film? Film. Film? Yeah. Okay. So, um, gosh, film. I was actually, you know, I did like some print stuff as a kid. <laughs> so my mom was pushing that as a kid, but I was always very shy. Uh, so I didn't do so well when it came to on camera and all that. But that was my first little dabbling because me and my brother were redheads and cute little kids. Anyway, <laughs> then, then, then around uh, age 27, I'm 45 now, around age 27, um, I was really bore, bored in my, with my engineering job. Uh, and, you know, it wasn't very challenged. So at night I started doing stand-up comedy. And uh, wow. just, uh, in Detroit, <laughs> Michigan, that's where I grew up is uh, Metro Detroit, Michigan. And uh, just for fun, right? Just to kind of push myself. I had never been so nervous either than, uh, than doing that, to be honest. Really, really scary thing. And then um, from that, I started doing um, improv comedy, trained at Second City, and uh, was writing. I was more into the writing and producing the whole time, writing comedy, writing sketches, writing plays, and, and producing our own stuff, making our own shows happen. Eventually moved out to here to L.A., and uh, within a year being in L.A., actually within six months, I went right to India. I thought I was settling down in LA and then my heart was calling me to India. I wanted to work on the foundation of who I, who I am. And I, you know, before I built something greater on a faulty foundation, that was really a big moment to be honest, was, was checking myself and saying, let's go, let's go grow a little bit more. You know, we're always growing, but let's go really dive deep before I come back and build. And actually when I came back after the first few times going to India, I decided to stop the acting and comedy and move um, more toward writing and producing. 
Let's tap in. Let's tap into that, man. I love that you said that, you know, once you moved to LA and then you, like you say, within a couple months, you went to India, but you had to tap into the foundation of who you really are and who you're becoming. Like, please share that, man. I think that it bring a lot, a lot of value. Yeah. You know, I just, it was a simple question, which, which was, um, it, you know, am I perceiving life correctly? You know, did I really feel like I had, and I had done a lot of yogic and meditation work since I was 18, to be honest. I started meditating in college um, and reading a lot of books and going to silent meditation in Thailand and, and doing a lot of deep work, to be honest. Uh, but still, you know, where it's a path, right? And still, when I had the gut check, I was like, I, there's a lot more for me to go learn in India right now. And, um, and I could tell I was building on a faulty foundation. How else to really say it other than... Um, you know, I knew there were still parts of my ego, et cetera, that I would have, would have been building, building on. Maybe it was power, money, fame, or the whole thing that I realized couldn't be, couldn't be the source of what I was going for, you know? Uh, so I said, you know, I remember having a conversation with my friend on the phone and he was like, no, you should stay in LA. And I'm like, you know, just talking to you, actually, I heard myself, you know, I heard myself reflected. I didn't need his advice and I heard myself. I'm like, of course I'm gonna go to India. That was the third time. And, and really studied one-on-one -on -one with my teacher, who I also call my, my guru. And it was after that that I really, um, actually was on that trip where my, my teacher pulled me aside and he goes, do you want to go motorcycle over the highest road in the world in the Himalayas? You know? And I didn't know how to motorcycle, Terrell. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was dangerous. But to go you know, with a master into the Himalayas, uh, I said yes. And after that, you know, the, the rest is kind of history. That became my first documentary. And then for 10 years since then, I've been doing docs. So um so yeah you know you make a choice to change yourself at the foundation and some whole new life that i never even you know i didn't study film in school and i wasn't looking to be a documentary filmmaker but i fell in love with it once i did it yeah indeed absolutely what exactly intrigued you most like what was the experience also like being in the himalayas when you ran into this mentor of yours um and he told you do you want to you know really take a big risk <laughs> yeah i mean uh <laughs> So, so, you know, my, my mentor is younger than me, and I think okay. that's beautiful, right? He, uh, Anand is younger than me. He was, I think he's five, six years younger than me. Uh, so I think that's beautiful that we can learn from all ages, right? And he was born there in India. You know, he grew up on the lap of his guru and a lineage. So, I mean, he's just oozing with wisdom, but a very modern guy. Um, rides a motorcycle, went to college, et cetera. And, um, but... So there was, you know, in terms of the experience, it might not be like what everyone thinks of like, oh, you find your guru in the Himalayas or in a cave with a beard. He's a very modern, funny guy. Like we're, we're buddies, right? Um, but that moment of, you know, offering, he's always offering. And I, I tend to do the same. If I'm going to do yoga at the beach or holding a meditation, I tend to just open it up. Whoever wants to come, whoever has the willingness, you know, commitment, they'll step in. Uh, and he, he opened it up and, and I just said, I just told myself, be willing, be committed, step in, you know, of course, you know, every day afterwards, I'm like, oh my God, what did I just do? He's trying to kill me. You know, this guy's trying to <laughs> sacrifice me to the gods of the Himalayas or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm so glad, you know, I think we all, regardless if it's with the mentor or teacher or the Himalayas, we all get to those points where we have that aha moment or we have that choice and if we just have a little bit more love than fear, you know, we're not supposed to be devoid of fear. If we just have a little more love than we do fear, that rocket starts to take off. And I really encourage people to, to have that aha moment, to really step into that. Yeah, that's, that's my passion and desire. Even though I'm going to be afraid along the way, 
you know, commit to it and stay with it. And you never know what's going to come, but you know, you gotta, you gotta make those leaps so we just don't grow. Absolutely. How do we, now, how do, do we, especially during times like now yeah. where there's so much fear going on, how do we stay in the place and alignment of love over fear? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think it's very holistic, you know, in terms of the answer. Um, there's no real way, right way, but, you know, meditation, listening to wisdom, listening to shows like this, getting inspired by others, uh, pranayama, breath work, you know, just even what you did at the beginning, I thought was really beautiful, just to take a few breaths, right? And like recenter. Um, being around other people, sangha, community, that, that feel similarly and can support you and being strong and not giving in, you know? And, um, and then, you know, I was just writing about this the other day, how about, it's like five years ago or so, I was broke, you know, I just broken up with a girlfriend. I had, you know, going in for knee surgery, didn't have a place to live, right? Uh, quote unquote stuff, you might say, oh, you shouldn't be that happy with yourself that you're in that situation, right? But I was determined to, no matter what the situation was, was to not uh, judge myself, right? To still be happy with myself every day, to still love myself every day as a commitment to, you know what, like, that's my lesson right now. Even though on the outside, it's not, there's no reason, quote unquote, to be happy, you know, or no reason to be like really positive or, or loving of the self in terms of what the world would say you need, I was going to do it anyway. And that was going to be my lesson right then. So of course I was looking for work and, you know, get looking for a house and taking care of things. Right. But the greater lesson that was going on, and this would be what I would say to people is look at that deeper lesson that says, you know, even when things are tough in COVID right now, we might be struggling. Let's wake up every day and still like pat ourselves on the back. Let's still forgive ourselves. And let's still, uh, for no reason at all, just be happy. I mean, for no reason, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's like, I think our right is that we can be happy for no reason. You know, even if you know, our girlfriend's mad at us or our boy boyfriend's mad at us. You still be happy when people don't like you. That's all right. You know? Yeah, indeed, indeed, absolutely. I love that, man. Um, and I, I love that you you include meditation and yoga and your everyday practices as well. Um, and I know you say you did this back in you know school um, when you was going into university. So I wanted to ask, man. Um, we know alone a journey is not just uh, peaches and cream. You know, I wanted to ask, man. What do you feel like has been the uh, biggest hardship that you've ever encountered? And how did you uh, overcome? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, hardship uh, versus maybe the most scary. I can't say there has been like crazy hardships, um, you know. Um, but the scariest thing I did was that motorcycle ride. That first when my when my teacher asked me to take that ride in the Himalayas because it was twelve hours a day on a motorcycle of constant fear and constant. Um, I shouldn't say constant fear. The fear was there, but you know, with the practice was there, but constant inundated with this, the road killer traffic in India, you know, India, the rules are not the same, right? Motorcycles are small and the truck takes up the whole road and you get that, you get out of the way. And I was watching experienced riders get hit next to me. Like I watched people go down in my group two days in a row. And so uh, I remember like crying, but like a baby on the side of the road, just from overwhelm. So I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily call it hardship because we chose to go on this trip, you know, so that's not hardship by any means. But in terms of the most, one of the most challenging was facing, my, facing death constantly every day during that trip. Um, even though we chose it, 
right? Which is a different thing than hardship. It still, um, it still led me to that surrender that I think sometimes hardship leads you to, to that surrender and letting go. And, and what I was talking about was being happy and loving yourself even amidst the craziness of life. Uh, so that's why I say I can't, like no other hardships are coming to mind maybe because I did so much yoga this morning and swam. I'm feeling so good. I can't, I can't remember the tough times. I don't know. I don't know. What led you into the yoga? You know, what, what really comes up, you know, uh, when was that moment, the first moment that you say, man, I'm really get into this space. And then when you really start to feel a lot whole, you start to feel a lot of peace. You start to feel a lot of just uh, joy and calm within. If you can really, really share with us, because I believe that it help a lot. So much. I mean, look, in high school, I played soccer growing up, right? I was a big soccer fan before soccer, before there was pro soccer here, which, which was really nice to not have pro soccer. So I was just playing for the enjoyment. So there was never like a, I'm trying to get somewhere. You know, looking back, there was no, nothing like that. But I played soccer, but I was really feisty, kind of emotional Italian kid, you know. So I was getting red cards, getting thrown out of games, and all my emotion could come out there. Angry. Uh, and then in college, uh, I started meditating. Someone had a meditation tape and I, I was like, yeah, let me, let me, let me get that. And that really, really, I mean, right away from, from moment one, I realized, wow, we can access this place of silence. You know, we can access this place of peace and to know that we have that power that we can do that and can be aware of our emotions rather than letting them control us. It's not like we're trying to get away from emotions or really this emptiness idea. That was really powerful for me. And, and as a soccer player, um, my game changed, you know? And if anyone's wondering if, no, you get too peaceful and you can't be as competitive. No, it's totally the opposite. You're using all your resources and your energy for the game instead of wasting it on the emotion, you know? And you're using other people's emotions against them now. On the other team, I was using their emotions against them, sucking them in to be angry at me and then, you know, making something of that while I was staying like the, the calm, zen warrior if you will so i was still as much of a badass it was still, it was still crazy so that was the first place i really like realized that meditation really was applicable you know on the sports field and that was powerful and i was the, i was the crazy guy with long hair and a goatee that was meditating in the goal before the game and my friends thought i was ridiculous and hilarious but my coach from my team you know crazy enough story uh i was at cornell university and my coach there he ended up coaching the LA Galaxy pro soccer team, right? So oh. when I came back from India, when I came back from India, he called me up and he goes, you know, I remember you meditating and all that during, he's like, why don't you come teach the LA Galaxy some meditation, <laughs> you know? Cause he remembered and he knew we were good and he knew like what it did for us and what it did for me as a player. And uh, it's just fun when life loops around like that, you know, like whatever it was like 15 years later. But so that was, that was a real um, meditation. The other thing I want to say is that I, I remember clearly meditating once and then coming out of my room and going into my friend's rooms and they had been smoking weed and playing video games and the vibration i felt like i was floating up here right so high up and i felt like they were like here and it was just super clear to me like what takes you where you know uh and meditation is putting you on an absolutely higher frequency more aware frequency than, than we could ever do. Like nothing against it, right? It has its moments, it has its place, but it can't take you there. You know, it might open you up a little bit or might help ease somebody's pain, but it can't take you there. And that was really important for me to see uh, so that my life started to change away from, from drinking and away from smoking and, and more toward meditation. 
And they, you stayed so consistent throughout the years with it, man. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's been blips and such, but, you know, once – once I came to LA and then went to India, it even got really, really strong. So I mean, for the last 12 years, really, really strong. So I know on top of meditation and um, yoga, what else you feel like was a major shift along your journey that you feel like that um, not only helps you become who you are, but to help see people who they are and then what you can really, is, I'm gonna just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, some major shifts. Um, you know, one thing that always pops to mind is like, I mean, I remember like my mom just telling me to enjoy life, you know, like when I went away to school, like because uh, people had committed suicide a lot and stressed out at that school and stuff like that. But anyway, she just said, hey, just, you know, enjoy yourself. And it's, it's weird, like little, little words now and then when someone says, you know, don't worry, just enjoy it. And you take it to heart and say, okay. And, you know, oh yeah, maybe, maybe I can put away like the constant ambition and just enjoy it a little bit more. Uh, you know, my mom probably doesn't even remember saying that, you know, Hey, just enjoy yourself. Right. But, but it was important. And you know, another, of course, that motorcycle trip was huge. And there was a moment, um, I would say I, on that trip where we went and saw an Oracle. So she like channels spirit, right? She's a Tibetan, like the Dalai Lama has an Oracle that he'll consult with. Right. So she, she channels spirit and the Oracle, we were there and, and um, she just reminded me, she's like, look, you have a very good heart, you know, don't forget your heart. And, and that stuck with me because as I work through like my samskaras or my conditioning, you know, and my childhood conditioning and such like that, uh, I start to see that, wow, that kid with that heart there also, you know, had to put up some walls in order to survive. Wow. And, uh, and there is a really, really soft, beautiful heart there. And I, I keep just reminding myself of that. I know we're in this world where you got to kind of like, fight a little bit so to speak you know you gotta look out but my heart does want to be the leading factor and uh so that's a it's a continual reminder for myself a continual process like can i keep opening my heart can i keep living a little more compassionately can i be a little more understanding of someone else that's maybe pissed off like they maybe they're having a really bad day you know and not use it as an excuse to to satisfy my ego uh so that, that that's you know the heart thing has been it's, it's kind of consistent, you know, how can I be more compassionate without losing my badass toughness, you know, and without, you know, without just saying, oh, I'm living in a van, <laughs> you know, going across country, like the hippie lifestyle, like be in society, but still be a very compassionate, loving person. This is, this is uh, what I'm always working on also. Slowly, I think that's key in life. Uh, and you mentioned India a few times, man. What did you learn mostly from the teachings of that culture and your mentor and everybody there versus the American culture here? Wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, Cause we were talking a little bit about that. The, it is super different, right? There's this, uh, you know, you mentioned like third worldness, so to speak, right? Like it is, it's a little chaotic, you know, things don't work as quick and making a movie there. Oh my God. Like it takes two days to get something instead of two hours so you learn patience really quickly. You learn to <laughs> surrender very quickly. Um, but then you see this other thing, which is like the joy and the reverence for time there. Oh my God, the reverence for time, because you see history, you know, you see 2000 year old buildings and, and you just don't see that as much like in Santa Monica, you know what I mean? Like uh, you got nature, but do, 
it seems, you know, I think that's one of the issues maybe with America is it's so new and we, we tend to forget our history so much. And you're just surrounded by this longevity that you feel a little bit smaller your lifetime. So India has that beautiful ability to make you feel part of something that's grander, meaning humanity and connected to something beyond like your own little lifetime. But it's also really, really challenging when it comes to getting things done. And then America, it's a lot easier to get things done but the challenge is to remember that you're connected in something, part of something. America keeps forcing you to be this independent individual, which I don't think is that healthy. You know, I think we, we need a little bit more community. And again, this is why these kind of things are great. So, you know, you and I can meet and connect and, uh, and your listeners can connect with, with some different voices. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's what, that's what I see as like kind of the, the main thing is this real interesting connection to, a greater humanity. And then India is also just full of the yoga teachings. I mean, it's just, you know, the places you go, like you feel it. It, it really is true. Like you go to the Himalayas or you go to certain temples, this one temple in Haridwar, like you go in it and you're just like, holy cow, like you just feel energy hitting you. I mean, for me, not everybody, you know, connects to the same places, but that place for me, I just feel energy just like loving me. And I had never had that kind of experience anywhere here in America, to be honest. That's amazing, man. I could just feel the energy from afar. And I know those who are listening can also as well. That's phenomenal, man. I've never even been out the country. So I plan on visiting uh, India someday, man, as well, and being able to experience the culture, share, inspire, uplift, give yeah. back any way I could. I think that's phenomenal that you got to really, really share that. For some young people that's listening right now who never even uh, don't like to travel or do not like to get out of their comfort zone or do not want to get in the space of, you know, um, meditation or you know yoga they feel like it, it won't help them they've been they've been angry most of their life and they just don't know what's next for them uh, what would you share with them right now Adam I think you know um that's okay I think we all like share underneath it all we share a desire for liberation I think we all share that no matter what we want to be liberated we want to be more free inside so even if the certain technique called meditation or pranayama or another country isn't what's calling you I think on some level, we're all desiring liberation. And you know, that, that means in the material world, right? That means in the emotional world, that means in the community world, that means in our spirit. So, uh, you know, it all has to happen. So I would say like, really honor that desire for liberation in you and wherever it's taking you right now and you feel pulled to, to be liberated, you know, go for that, you know, work on that. Uh, if your intuition is saying, you know, you want to be listening to podcasts and get inspiration like this, do that, you know, but just know that that's how we're all connected. We do all share that, that desire for liberation. It doesn't have to be India. It doesn't have to be motorcycles. You know what I mean? Like that's somewhere we all, I mean, that's, you know, America is supposedly founded on freedom, right? Supposedly it's gotten a little warped uh, and it's been warped for a long time, but the true base we do really desire an inner freedom, I think. So I would say start with that. And, um, you know, meditation also, I would just say for those that think it's something a little woo-woo, you know, it's also just a very rational practice. It's not about emptying the mind to me. It's literally you do a practice and meditation occurs and it can be anything. It can be energetic. It can be, uh, there can be thoughts. It's no problem. It could be silence. So it's not some uh, far out thing and it's not, I mean, doesn't mean you're going to suddenly be wearing Lululemon pants if you start meditating. Hopefully not. Hopefully I don't. <laughs> you know? Indeed. 
here now. <laughs> oh, that's interesting, man. I, I love that. That's amazing. Before we get into the, the next segment, I want to, you know, I know you have a lot of uh, meditations and a lot of practices. I would love for you to, to really uh, do one on here, you know, or so like that, uh, if, you, if you mind. Yeah. How long do we have? Maybe five minutes or five, ten minutes? Or five, five minutes is good. Yeah, so let's do, uh, we could do a little breath work first and then we'll just, then we'll just sink in for a little bit. Okay. So uh, let's bring in the, what should we do? Oh, that's a pretty crazy one. All right, let's, mm -hmm. do, something, let's do something a little interesting. How about okay. that? Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it just came to me, but uh, it's eight inhales, right? Each time we inhale, we're going to switch. So it'll go in through the nose, in through the mouth, in through the nose, in through the mouth, in through the nose, in through the mouth, in through the mouth. So this really changes up the breath, right? So you, you can't keep thinking when you do this. So it'll stop anyone that has a lot of thoughts, this will stop. So you go in nose. So that's eight little breaths and you pause at the third eye and then you exhale the same way, alternating nose, mouth. Little pause and then again, inhale the same way, alternating eight times in. Then pause the breath and then exhale. We'll keep this going for a couple minutes. Your own pace. Okay, if people mess up, you know, it's eight inhales alternating. Then there's a pause of the third eye, and then eight exhales alternating from nose to mouth. Just one more minute like this. And then next inhale, just take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out. And just notice the prana, notice the energy, the energetic body. 
and just invite in this idea. I find, I find we can directly communicate, especially after pranayama, directly communicate with the body so easily. And just invite the idea and can say it out loud that the universe supports me, that I am loved. Universe supports me, that I am loved. Yeah, and then you breathe with that and just really feel it, you know, embody it, feel it. In essence, you know, I feel like, like energy, energy is just coming into me. I allow the energy in. I'm no longer resisting it. And then we say it again, the universe supports me. I am loved. We breathe with that. Again, we say the universe supports me. I am loved. We just stay in that space of, I like the word allowing, like we're allowing ourselves to be loved. We're allowing energy to come in. And, right? It doesn't matter what's going on, where we're at in our life, we're just allowing it which to me is a form of self-love. Good, and then we can just open the eyes and I know we want to stay there longer probably. <laughs> oh man, that's the most greatest space you can be in. <laughs> powerful powerful quick and power you know we we with the breath we just you know we're switching the mind off in some ways you know from its normal patterns and then when we're in that space then reminding it of the truth like wow we are really being filled with energy it's like oh that's nice yeah indeed that's dope i love that man that's that's it puts you so much in a, a space like you say of alignment and just quietness it's called, love, the breath is called Shuka Shunya. I love that. <laughs> That's phenomenal, man. I, I, man, this is amazing. I know we got uh, just some minutes more into it. I want us to ask you, man, um, the process of just uh, creating just um, phenomenal films, as I told you, you know, I was really introduced to your, your line of excellence of the documentary Hill. So what was the process of like really creating that phenomenal, phenomenal film. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, love, I love that movie. It's super impactful, right? You know, people going through illness is happening all the time. And um, so Kelly Gores, who you see in the film, right? Kelly's on camera. She, it was her idea. She birthed the idea. She brought me in then to help her produce it, right? So she knew I had a track record with conscious films and uh, could help along every step of the way, right? And uh, so the process, really, there was a lot of faith and trust because Kelly, um, it wasn't like she came in with an outline. I was just really trusting her intuition. And that was, um, that was also, you know, a, a, good, a good challenge for me, you know, being a director myself to, to just trust somebody else's intuition and that it's all coming together. And we really got some amazing um, experts for that. That was kind of the, the thing I enjoyed most was 
you know, sitting one-on-one with Deepak Chopra, with Marianne Williamson, Greg Braden, who I came to really, Michael Beckwith. Michael Beckwith's become a good friend. Amazing. Yeah, and we <laughs> filmed him again for, uh, for the Heel Summit and the Heel Summit 2 that we did with Hay House. Those summits are, you know, like full interviews, like the 21 full interviews that we didn't show in the film. Uh, so that experience is great because, you know, it's like, a, to me, a subset of the yogic world, right? The yogic world to me is everything. And then you got this subset called healing within that. And so I got to know a lot of these people that I wasn't that aware of. Bruce Lipton, I didn't know that much about. And uh, Anthony William, I didn't know much about. So it was great. I got to see this really specific area of, of healing. And it opened me up to also like how much it's important to, um, to get help, you know, on this, on this journey. I think I was a little more independent, but when it comes to healing, I really saw the value of reaching out. I know you interviewed Patty Penn, right? Patty Penn, I've worked with Patty Penn a lot, you know, personally, she's helped me tons. Rob Worgen, who's in the film, he's in the opening of the film, he's a channel of light, I've worked with him a lot. So I, I, I think I've really, that film helped me see how important it is to, to you know, go to experts and, and help, get some help with uh, some modalities, especially when it comes to your subconscious and clearing, clearing things out. That's amazing. That's amazing. And uh, it's actually a, a bestseller on iTunes, you yeah. know, and, and, and I, I think that's phenomenal. It's also able to watch it on Netflix too, right? Yep. Yep. It's on Netflix. It'll be on Netflix till uh, end of January. And then, then we're going to be on another platform. I can't say yet, but I was just about, I was just about to ask, I was about to ask, I was about to ask similar question. I was about to ask, is there going to be a hill too? As of now, no heel too, but we are, development you know we're developing an idea for a show and, and talking to networks about that we'll see we'll see that, that'd be very powerful man honestly i watched that all day versus a movie or something like that on, on some netflix i watched the series of hill or something like that it, it was it's just like what came up for me of watching it man was just it's just seeing these people go through this and then sometimes fight it but knowing that you have somebody there to help you through this process, to help you through your illness. Like Patty Penn's is phenomenal. You know, a few other, you know, a lot of, a lot of you, like a lot of, like everybody was just playing their part. The one guy, I forget his name. And he, he had the guy, he had him like, he, he was wrapped around him and he just, he helped this man, you know, or so like that. And it looked kind of painful, but I'm like, man, this is what we need sometimes to help us see clearly, you know. So I think that's phenomenal, man, and great work on that film as well. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, in Heal, you know, Patty's working with Eve, Eva in the film. Yeah. Right? She's, you know, she wasn't used to this kind of stuff, these alternative yeah. realities, and it's a real journey. I like that we got to, to watch a real journey, and it didn't necessarily have that Hollywood ending. Yeah. I like that, because that's real life. You know, we're all trying to figure it out. And, uh, and pe- the cr- gosh, man, the chronic illness and mystery illness is such a tough space for people when you don't know what what's wrong, right? Yeah. It's a difficult space, and we really do need support and help help from uh, each other during that time. It's difficult. Indeed, indeed. Big shout out to you and the team, man. Honestly, y'all, y'all phenomenal. Um, take us in this new film, The Road to Dharma. Yeah, The Road to Dharma. So, you know, I mentioned that first motorcycle trip way back. My, <laughs> that was called The Highest Pass. Uh, that film did great. That was on Netflix back in the day. And uh, so I said, we said, let's take that idea and go back, but film a series. So this is a 10 episode series now, new people, new adventure to these four sacred sites in the Himalayas that all work on aspects of inner freedom. So the whole show is about freedom, but you get to 
travel with this kind of reality show of, of people that are facing life and death stakes uh, on a beautiful adventure through the Himalaya. So the Road to Dharma is 10 episodes of, I would call, you know, binge-worthy, character-driven, but also spirit-driven content. Like you walk out with wisdom of freedom. You walk out inspired. And that's, that's like really my goal when it comes to media is to be able to engage you and, you know, watch something that's beautiful and transports you and you're entertained, but also you walk out inspired, you know, that you're, yeah, I can be a better person and I have some knowledge to take into my life. So the road to Dharma is just, um, I, I mean, I, I love this show. It's what I think media could be. And uh, it's available on, um, on iTunes, on Amazon, on YouTube for, you know, for rental for $9.99. You can watch the whole 10 episode series. And uh, there's, we even, I even made a course around it, like an online course. So for those that are loving the series, you can then go in and see the 10 chapters and really dig into the freedom watch some of the un, uh, the footage that we didn't show in the series, get 10 meditations, kind of like we were doing there with pranayamas. So, so that course is, um, we actually just put it on special for the next two months. So you can find all of it at roadtodharma.com. That's my only pitch, roadtodharma.com. I don't want to be too salesy, but I, just, <laughs> I, just love, I love that series. I love the course. It helps people. So I really want to share it. And I appreciate you asking about it. Absolutely. I wanted to ask, what did you learn mostly from this film versus the highest pass, as you said that? So what did like what like what came up most different and just like really just put you in this whole elevated space? Yeah, you know, um, the highest pass was really a coming of age, you know, and so the road to Dharma became just a continual practice of that. But um, God, it, you know, the, the, what did I really learn? It's, it's big. But in episode nine and ten, you'll see I uh, I almost almost die, and oh. not not in a, a motorcycle fashion either. So it's kind of ironic that the way that I almost almost die, um, but that that really taught me that experience without giving a spoiler alert away, taught me not to pick up on the fears of other people, right? I have we have our own fears inside us. But then often it gets amplified when, when someone else maybe is showing the same fear or a little panic and you latch onto it, right? And that probably, Terrell, is probably what's going on with COVID a lot too. You know, we feel a little fear or concern, but then we watch too much news or talk too much people and it gets amplified. So I really learned to be like a hawk with that and watch if I'm ever picking up somebody else's fear. Because look, we got enough on our own. We don't need to pick up other people. So that's what I learned through, through that process um, of the, uh, with more people in a bigger show and, and myself almost, almost dying. And that's why I almost died was because of that, of that pattern. So it took me a while to realize, I mean, then, and then for some years afterwards, uh, seeing it play out in different areas. So, you know, you know, this learning thing, right? We might get it, but then it starts refining itself over time. And, and um, I feel like now it's 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 taken hold in my body and soul that I'm, I'm really uh, careful with that. Yeah, I'm glad that you're still you're here with us, man. You know, <laughs> honestly, you overcame, and that's deep to share. You know, some people don't want to share certain deep moments like that, and that's why I give this space here. Is it's not my show. It's not a me, a me show. This is a we show. You know, once you become you, you know, become family. So I think that's uh, outstanding that you was able to um, grow through that experience. Or so like that. So, um, you know, 21, 2021 coming in in a couple months, is it another film or anything else you're excited? Like any excited projects you're working on at this moment during this there, pandemic? There is, a, 
there is a doc series that I can't talk about that we've pitched a couple times that I think is just perfect. It's in my space, meaning there's an element of adventure. There's an element of like what's going on in the culture right now. And there's a consciousness angle to it of how we all escape and we need to just be here and, and be responsible rather than continually escaping in different ways. Um, but the, I can't talk about it. So it's not so interesting to, for the listeners, but it's that's okay. I've been pitching one uh, with that. And other than that, I'm going to finally hop in the car for a couple of weeks with my lady and just uh, go experience the West Coast a little bit, you know, and see some nature. So to me, that's always a beautiful thing too, just to, just a road trip here in our, I mean, our country is beautiful, you know, our country yeah. is really beautiful, the nature here. So I'm is there, is there a space you haven't tapped into that you've been excited to tap into um, or so like that, that you just like, when you think of this, like you like, man. Yeah, I'm going to go there. I'm going to be here. In terms of location in the U.S.? Just uh, just any type of space. You know how you've yeah. you mastered being writing, acting, you did comedy, the yoga, meditation. Is just anything else that you've like, man? Um, yeah. I mean, to be honest, in some this next project starts to merge the comedy a little bit with the, the documentary. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of cool to see the, the, uh, those lives come back together. Yeah. So that for me is what's, it's fun because uh, I think comedy is very yogic, you know, when we're making fun of like our own psychosis and some of yeah. I think it works well together. So I'm, that, that is the next frontier for me is to see that merge a little bit more together. That'd be fun. Maybe in 2021, that's going to happen with this new project. Indeed. That, that's, that's dope. Adam, uh, I wanted to give you some space, man, to just share on this platform, which you may have not shared in the interview before. I haven't shared with somebody in just a long time, man, and just, uh, you know, move our people in the right direction, you know? Yeah, I, you know, this week, what's been coming up for me, uh, I can go with that, you know, because whatever is just really on my heart, is the idea of power and um, false power. Uh, I think we a lot of times are putting power into, you know, sex, fame, money, and, and just power over other people. And it, I just feel like, you know, we need to be very, very careful and very, uh, I'm asking myself to be, I should say, very careful and very aware of where I'm not willing to let go of my perceived power. You know, it could be just like I have a parking spot, right? And I don't want to like let it go, you know, or some, you know, my little piece of uh, what I call my security. And I don't want to let it go, even though like the greater community might need some of that to move. And I'm not explaining it great, but if we want society to change, we have to also be willing to let go of some of our perceived power too, you know? I mean, that's what I think you know, what's going on with Black Lives Matter, right? Like people aren't willing to let go of this perceived power or, or privilege and um, that they, you know, don't want things to change, you know, and it's crazy, right? Uh, it's really crazy. Whether or not people know it or not, like they're just not willing to let go of some power. And so that that's one thing that's, I think for me is up and I, I don't think too big on political and, and big stuff. I just think in day to day, like, with my landlord, even if he's being a jerk, you know, like, or if I could get around something because I know the law, like, maybe I can just take a step back and like, what's good for all of us and just have a discussion with another human, you know, and be like, okay, what's good for all of us? And, you know, and, and just do it in the small little places. So I just really encourage us all to look at where we're might be holding on to our power, you know, a false power. 
And when we let go of that and trust something different that might work out in a different way, we start tapping into our real power, which is like faith and which is trust and which is knowing we're, we're bigger than this small little thing we've created. Uh, that's a continual process too. And I, I think that, that for me is really strong. It doesn't have to always be so big. It can just be every small little day-to-day -day thing. Where am I willing to, to drop it a little bit? and see what, it, what might come, you know, if I let go of what I think is my security. Absolutely, I agree, man. It's a lot going on around the world. And like you say, you know, even with the uh, Black Lives Movement, um, I feel like, you know, we, uh, we all are, we all should be one or so like that. And then it's, uh, but it's a lot, you know, and then it's the news that perceives it and when, you know, they kind of, make it something else or so like that and make it even worse. And I feel like um, it takes us as human. If me and you can get on to this interview and, 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 and have a great conversation and just smile at it at the end of the conversation and then see each other five years somewhere in India or Los Angeles or <laughs> wherever it may be and, and kind of say, you know, remember that time and moment where we officially met, man, and now we're doing some work or we're having lunch and we got some, you know, important projects to, to really do together, you know, so like that. I just think it, the universe has its way of working and some people just don't want to uh, surrender to that, man. They don't want to take their time. They don't want to listen. They don't want to learn and want to understand and implement. They don't want to take time to, to do things uh, outside of the norm or the unknown or so like that. Um, I wanted to ask you though, uh, a message that you received maybe from a student or from a friend that they just, they share with you how much you've impacted them positively, not only on the outside, but also on the inside. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, um, I also, from my lineage in India, I, I initiate people into a meditation, right? It's, it's a very sacred, like we spend a weekend. And uh, so that's been, I've started doing that more even on Zoom now, right? Uh, so it could be people in Portugal that come on, we're doing another one in October. And uh, so that's been really impactful to hear how people then finally have, okay, that's my daily practice now. It's find foundational practice. There's no real choice. I'll do this meditation or that. No, I'm doing my meditation practice that I learned from this lineage. It's connected. And what I've heard from people, it's like, gosh, like it really, it really does set my day you know, in a certain way. And it really does stick with me through the day and helps me in that moment at five o'clock when I might be a little bit more of a dick, you know, and instead I'm not, I'm tapped in. Uh, that to me is actually really powerful just to hear somebody say, wow, wow I, I'm feeling it. Or my buddy, Henrik, a good friend of mine, 66 year old Danish guy, he's been meditating for years, right? And, and we did the, he joined the initiation and, and for him, even like it's been meditating forever. He's like, he's like, you don't understand. It opened me up to this whole lineage of masters. I can feel them in me now. Uh, so wow. It, yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, he's another level kind of guy, but like, uh, I just like the, the simple things like that. When I hear meditation has really helped somebody find themselves a little more and be a little more at ease. And, uh, cause I know that's then multiplied with the people around them. So that's that's the beautiful message that I hear when people say, "Oh, I'm meditating more and and uh, and I'm having a more solid day just because I took 25 minutes in the morning to do this initiation, this meditate, this kriya meditation." I should say, that's beautiful. 
Absolutely. I was just about to say that. That's beautiful. <laughs> Indeed. My last question for you, Adam, before we get out of here, man. When it's all said and done, what does Adam Schomer mostly, mostly want to be remembered for? Uh, hopefully like a kind, kind, loving person. Hopefully. How about yourself? Wow. Switch it on me. Oh, man. Um, yeah, 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 indeed. Oh, man. I just say sincere, supportive, and, um, giving and understanding, you know, I like when it was just turned on me like that, you know, (laughs) I, I think that's amazing because we can say one and then we start going is like man when it's all said and done it's like really leaving something bigger leaving this world better than we found right yeah towards the younger ones coming up yeah they know to they can yes look up and to guys like ourselves but also follow in their footsteps knowing they can also create their own as well that's the beauty of it absolutely absolutely indeed i hope we all think a little bigger like that like what, what we're they're inheriting after us. Absolutely. And Dave, before we get out of here, I just wanted to show some gratitude towards you, man, um, and say thank you for really devoting time fully to be on the show today. Your energy was amazing before we got into the conversation. Your energy was amazing during the conversation. I mean, a lot of people have learned a lot from you. That one person, that one avatar just sitting there, man, just happy, meditating right now and as we li- as we speaking and you know, um, I mean, your story is incredible, remarkable, man. And you've, you've, you've really uh, have learned to becoming your very, very best self, but uh, a more of, um, I mean, whole, you know, where people, when they're just around you, they're just inspired. And even if they may not even know you, they just like feel something because that's who you discovered to become. And I just think that's powerful, man. Uh, going out to India, I've heard a lot of great things about India and just, you know, the teachings. And that make me excited to put that on my bucket list and things of that nature to go out there and, and stuff like that, man. Um, and just, just who you are, man. I want to give you your, your flowers and your roses while you're here, good brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Darrell. I, I appreciate I appreciate it. I'm very grateful to, to talk with you and to meet you. And uh you know, people that can't go to India, you know, don't, don't wait, just watch the series, right? We'll take you to India through the Road to Dharma series. You'll, oh, feel like you'll feel like you're there. Don't wait for anything to be happy. That's what I would say to people. And I really appreciate you and what you're doing to help, help the, the younger generation, everybody around you. Thank you. Absolutely. If you could just leave us off with your social media, we'll get right out of here. Yeah, my social media, uh, Instagram, I'm at uh, I2I Productions. So it's letter I, number two, letter I, Productions. Uh, on Facebook, uh, at The Highest Pass is where you can follow The Highest Pass and Road to Dharma. And yeah, my website, I would say right now, go to roadtodharma.com. That's what's hitting, that's what's up, and that's what people are loving. Roadtodharma.com is a, a good place to, to find what I, find what's going on. Absolutely awesome. There you have it, folks. I'm Terrell Sumter. That's my guy, Adam Schomer. This is the Inspire Before We Expire. Please leave us a review. Follow and support my guy's mission, man. He's doing some phenomenal things. And in the film documentary space. He's also doing some phenomenal things in meditation and yoga as well. And just a natural, natural, a phenomenal person and, and humble, humble leader. This is Inspire Before We Expire and we're out.